bang, bang, bang. Little Joe Cuba action, vintage. Welcome back to another episode of Bold Perceptions. Got a fireball on today, a story of adversity, story of taking the jump. Moving overseas, playing international baseball. Oh, we got some, uh, some cars and stuff going on the street. Hold on a second. Story of adversity. Family of uh, immigrants from Cuba, transferring six different schools, find themselves all the way over in Switzerland. Elias, this dude is good energy. I love his vibe. I love his, his ability to follow his passion and to make things happen. I was a little drunk during this episode. It was the day before the Mexican Revolution. So I was on a beach before it, probably down two bottles of wine and a lot of tecate. So excuse me if my brain is not as smooth as it normally is, but we had to drop this because this dude has great energy, great vibes, and I think it will motivate you and it will want you to connect with him. That's what we do, mission, connect the doers. So check us out on our social medias. Uh, the Instagram, bold underscore perceptions. We're on the Facebook and join our newsletter. Our newsletter is amazing. You'll like it. But anyways, enjoy this episode and I hope it lights a fire underneath you to jump out of the comfort zone and live your life. Bold perceptions, got to live bold, hashtag live bold, got an interesting guest here today. I think he's been following the podcast from the beginning. He was uh, friends with uh, uh, Desmond, and uh, we're going to talk a little international baseball. We're going to talk about uh, living abroad, and um, yeah, I think maybe some Cuban background too. We got a, we got an yeah, interesting yeah. I just found out, but anyways, on my end... We have uh, the revolution, the Mexican revolution tomorrow. So everyone has uh, work off. Um, it's Sunday. And I got after it. And I was supposed to be recording this about an hour ago with my man, <laughs> Elias. And uh, the Collectivo was going out of control and the, the booze were, were flowing. But we're here. We're live. Life is good. I'm excited for this. Elias. Life is great. Elias, how? what are you up to right now? Right now, man, today was obviously to yours. I had my fun last two days on Friday and Saturday, but uh, I had a good day watching watching my Dolphin football. I'm over here in Miami, so you know we're loving the we're loving the the lefties. We're loving the lefties with two attacks of Iowa coming out. Yeah, how was he? How did he do today? I didn't watch. Oh, he balled, man. I think his QB rating was like 110. I mean, he he's not he's not doing anything crazy, but he's just so accurate. He's just such an accurate quarterback, and he makes some great reads. I wasn't a fan at first because I love Fitzmagic. As you can see by the by the getup, you know, I like the big beard, the magic, all that. The chain? But, uh, he was wearing, like, oh, big yeah. Oh, man, I got some great stories about chains, dudes. I love me a big Cuban chain. You know how, man, coming, coming from Cuba, at least my heritage and my culture and seeing all the Cuban ballplayers and all the Latin American ballplayers play with so much flair. That's that's definitely been me. That definitely rubbed off on me and how I play the game. Yeah, so let's get right into that. We were just talking beforehand that um, your grandpa was in Cuba before the the whole crackdown by Castro. So that's obviously played a big effect on your life. So kind of take me through that, would you? 
Yeah, bro. So, I mean, a little background on my family is uh, my mom and dad both came here from Cuba around the age of nine or 10. My dad was 10. My mom was nine. Only knew Spanish. So I'm first generation American. was born in Hialeah, Florida, which is uh, pretty much known as Cuba. It's like 97% Cuban. And uh, my great grandfather, his name is Elias, who I'm named after. And he was a He's a very well-off man, owned a lot of land outside the capital of Havana. It's called San Antonio de los, San Antonio de los Baños. And uh, he had a real, real big, prosperous tobacco farm. And uh, my dad grew up around people just rolling up the best cigars on the planet, you know. Just nothing but the best tobacco and the best cigars on the planet around. And life was good up until Fidel came in and pretty much ruined everything, that's for sure. Ruined everything. Take all their took all their money, and uh, at any side of revolution, he he put the crackdown on it. Sent a lot of my great great uncles and great great aunts into jail, and they were in prison for a while. Luckily, my dad was able to get out, and uh, my grandfather as well. I know some of my grandfather's brothers stayed behind, and I still to this day have I have like ten Elias Macias on my Facebook. Just somehow, I mean, they're related to me from my great grandfather because he had I think he had 12 children and each one of them you know had their 10 12 children so there's just a ton of Elias Macias running out there just add me on Facebook every month okay so your, your grandfather was big pimping he was the man, man uh, in charge or what yeah man he was man in charge I know that uh a good story they like to tell me about how big pimping he was I think it was the hurricane of 1930 came in, it was a category five. They didn't have categories back then, but by the damage, it was a category five, they say. And the entire village of San Antonio de los Baños was in my grandpa's house, my great grandpa, because it was the only concrete building for miles, for tens of miles, hundreds of miles, the only thing that could withstand anything like that. So slowly, one by one, as people's houses were just getting torn down during this hurricane, they would just come over, come over, and this was like the safe haven for about a year until they're able to rebuild that village. I love it. I love, I want to get this background because you just started uh, uh, talking to me about it before we started recording, because I think it says a lot about who you are and you're playing baseball and baseball is the ultimate sport of failure. And you have to do a lot of different shit and persevere through different things to keep playing the game and then to be successful. I'm looking behind you right now. You got the batting 2009 champion, 556 average um you know that ain't that ain't easy to playing ball like that so has your background really affected um your life so far you know playing this international baseball oh definitely i mean being cuban it's in my blood if i don't know how much how much of your following watches baseball i hope they'll get to get to like it a little more after this but the al mvp for this year jose abreu is cuban it's been a little while since we had a cuban mvp but we always have cuban representatives in the big league Everybody knows about the, the Cuban Missile, Rolas Chapman, Yasiel Puig, Jose Abreu. I mean, half the White Sox right now is Cuban. I think five guys out of their nine in the lineup is all Cuban. So Cuban ball is, is another level, man. I think, in my perspective, we're the best at it in the world. My grandpa played in Cuba. I mean, here's a picture right here. I know y'all folks at home can't see it, but for you to see, that's him playing in Cuba back when he was, like, late 20s, something like that. I think it was in the 40s or in the 30s. But yeah, man, I, I played ball since I was three years old. Since I was three years old, I played t-ball, 
And I've been playing ever since, man. I'm 22 years in, still playing. I love it. I love it. And uh, you did say your grandpa said that nobody can go back to Havana until Castro's gone. Is that true for a lot of uh, Cubans? Yeah, that, that was one of my grandpa's wishes, that uh, nobody in the immediate family went back to Cuba until he, uh, until someone was able to go in there and liberate the country and uh, take the socialism down, the communism down, and and just you know give the people what they want, which is freedom. But I don't see that happening anytime soon, man. I've always had this dream of going and playing in Cuba. I know it sounds it sounds dumb because most people, especially you know my family, fought to get out of there. But I would just love to go to those stadiums and just play against my people, man. That's cool. That's that's awesome. I need to learn a little more uh, Cuban history. I want to go to Havana so bad, you know, smoke a cigar, dress up all nice, and and uh, and and feel that that Caribbean vibe. But okay, let's get into your story though. So um, baseball, you you've been playing ball. You played in college. Um, can you, can you bring me through what led you to do an international ball in in Switzerland? Yeah, dog. Um, so like I said, I've been playing ball a long time, man. I've always been that kid, especially down in Miami, where you could play year-round. I was playing on two, three teams at a time. So in middle school, I was on the middle school team. I was playing travel balls, playing rec balls, playing anything I can. And that kind of just stuck with me my whole my whole way. I never wanted to give it up. So even coming out of high school, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the best ball player. I was injured a lot. I think I only had like 98 at-bats total in varsity. And I was able to get one scholarship which led to another, led to another. Six schools later, I ended up at Valdosta State University. This is a pretty pretty solid, prestigious D2. The facilities are immaculate, D1. If anybody's listening, I mean, anybody looking for a good college, athletics, athletic town, it's uh, in 2008 Sports Center titled us Title Town because it has the most championships. I think it's Lowndes High School and Valdosta High School they have over 80 football championships for high school. And then the college is right there with it. So it was a good place, man. I loved it. Valdosta, Valdosta, Georgia. It was, it was fantastic. Wait, wait, time, out, there, time, time out, time out. You had 98 bats in high school? 98 at bats. I mean, that's pretty, pretty low. I mean, so you weren't getting much love uh, playing high school ball. Why didn't you quit? Oh no, I didn't get, I didn't get any love, man. I, I work too hard to quit, man. I love it too much. This is this is this is what I do. This is what I was born to do, man. Is play this game and just spread my love and spread my energy for it throughout the world, which is why I ended up going overseas. I always love to coach. I always love to help kids and and help any of my boys. Whoever wanted to train and work hard, you know, I was I was always down to ride. So that kind of just rolled with me my whole life. And no matter any bump that came in, like I said, I went to I had to go through six different colleges to finally find the one that I was able to sit and, and be there for a while and play my two years at. But um, I guess I could take you through the whole, the whole ride. I started off at – I was at Everglades High School, right on the border of – literally, it's my school, Everglades, and then the Everglades. So I was right there next to it all, and um, I loved it. I was coached by a former major leaguer, Odeby McDowell. He was the first pick of the draft in, like, 1982, some ages ago. And uh, he taught me a lot, but I was hurt a lot. I didn't really play that well. I hit like 200 in high school. So I went to a school called Florida Memorial. And they were the 23rd ranked academic and 23rd ranked athletic school in Florida. So like just the worst of the worst. But they gave me an opportunity. So I was there and I was busting my butt. And um, 
I was bust. Are we cursing on this? What are we doing here? You do it every one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to you know be a role model for the kids and everything, but all right. So I, I'm at Florida Memorial and I'm busting my ass and uh, I'm working as hard as I can on the field. They brought in 150 kids to be on a 40 man roster. 150 kids to be on a 40. So I'm busting my ass, man, and I end up making the roster until grades come out and it ends up, I didn't make grades. So I had to learn that quick. And uh, I was able to bounce, bounce around and end up at Hillsborough Community College. And I was real proud of that. I bounced, I bounced back and I was uh, academic All-American the next year. So I learned my lesson, which was good because it, it helped me extend my career. I mean, the school is, is just as important. I had to learn the hard way, but you know, being focused in the classroom is just as important being focused on the field. And I'm glad I learned that lesson early because I was able to take that one scholarship at Hillsborough, turn it into another scholarship at St. Charles, turn it into another offer at Florida International University, and then finally Valdosta State University, where I ended up and where I bleed red for the rest of my life now. No, and I made that comment about quitting because it seems like nowadays, like when anything gets fucking tough, everyone says enough, enough. It's everyone else's fault. I don't want to do it no more. But in baseball, it's the ultimate like life sport because you fail so goddamn much. Now, how did you just keep pushing through? Was it the love or was it how you grew up? And and what would be some tips with, with people going through, you know, that amount of adversity, six different schools, you know, batting 200, um, you know, that ain't easy to, the, to keep the tunnel vision going and, and keep the, the dream alive. Oh, man, it, like you said, it's a dream, man. And your dream never dies until you until you quit. You know, you, your dream never dies until you quit. You can fail and fail and fail, but until you quit, you still have a chance at it. So I just, no matter what happened, whether it was the grades one place or not getting played enough in another, riding the bench all season, you know, I just I just kept on working hard and kept on finding different places for me to, to improve my game to one day have the chance to shine. I mean, that 556 you see on the wall, bro, that – that, that took a lot of hard work, a lot of building up to get to that, man. A lot of building up. So I was just, I was happy I was able to to finally feel vindicated for all my hard work. I love that. Um, so how long was this college at the, the the last college you were at? You had a couple good years and then you started getting some, I mean, did you think the dream was dead? Did you try to go to the minors or what happened? So while I was at Valdosta State University, I played pretty well my junior year. I did I did good, man. I led the team in doubles, and you know I was a decently average hitter. But you know I I came in there, played every day at a, a top tier D two, and you know always had my looks. I was I'm a switch hitter. I play short third. You know I got good pop, got good speed. So I was always you know talking here and there to some minor league scouts. And my senior year came around, and um, we had four injuries in left field. So I was. I was like the only athletic guy left pretty much who could be put in the outfield. We had other shortstops. So I went from third and short and I went out to left. It was like my second game out there. And I tried to rob a home run at full speed and just didn't time the jump right, ran into the wall and just tore my shoulder to shreds. That's, that's pretty much when I knew the, uh, the minor league, the minor leagues weren't going to be my route. And I had to figure something else out. Like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to quit. I mean, I wasn't willing to quit. I knew that one door closed, but it didn't mean, you know, the whole dream is over. So you tore up all your shit and there was no doubt in your mind that you're going to keep playing somehow, some way. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I thought. I mean, I tore my labrum, I tore my shoulder capsule. I messed up my rotator cuff and I was out. I was out for a while. I mean, I did don't, don't, don't let me fool you. I did, you know, think at one point, you know, it was over, but I just, I just, I just wasn't waking up happy, man. I just wasn't waking up happy. I wasn't waking up being myself. You know, I was trying to find joy in other things that, that weren't me until I realized that I needed to get back on the field to be myself and be happy. That's when things turned around. And uh, luckily I was able to get that offer to play in Switzerland shortly after. And 11 months after my surgery, which is supposed to be a 16 months rehab process, I was able to get back on the field and play again. Adversity, adversity. It runs in the blood, persevering. I love it. Now, international baseball. Before we talked on the phone, I had no idea what international baseball was. Everyone says this to me about international football because that's what I do. Um, tell me about this. I mean, did you know about it before you started getting calls? And, and did, how do they find you? Man, that's the thing about me. I always knew about it. I always knew because I was the guy, like like I was telling you earlier, man, I, I was going to find any way, any route to play. I had to go to six colleges. I had to transfer once in high school. So going to the other side of the world was not a problem to me, man. If I could play baseball and I could do what I love, I was I was going to do it. And I've told, my, I've told my people, I've told the people I love that I was going to be a pro ball player one way or another, you know, whether it was on the TV, on ESPN or out in Europe, you know, playing for 10, 15, 20 people, you know, regardless, I'm going to get paid to play this game I love and to spread the knowledge of the game and, and the love of the game. Well, before we get into this international baseball, I have a question regarding the, the transferring in the, in the quitting and are not quitting. Um, when comes a point to, to stick it out and, uh, or to make that move and transfer, why'd you keep transferring and saying, Hey, I'm going to stick this way out or, or not. Oh man, a lot of that is when you don't have a choice anymore, right? So when I didn't make grades, I didn't, I didn't really have a choice. I had to f figure something out. I had to, you know, go to try out to try out and find a place to play. And then actually it was that summer where I met Des and I uh, trained at a place called Fitspeed, now called House of Athlete down in my aunt, down in eh, Broward. And I just learned how to train properly. I've always knew the baseball side of it, but my body was never there. And when I finally got my body to that next level and I finally understood my body and had the body awareness, the strength and mobility to put it together on the field, it's, that's when my career took off. So my freshman year at Hillsborough Community College, my first, my second JUCO, third college, I rode the bench behind uh, this kid who's been drafted twice at that point. He's a stud, right? Shortstop, he's a beast. So I'm riding the bench behind him, getting a start maybe once every other week. And I come back the next fall after working out at fit speed and I'm just a different animal now. And that's when I started, you know, really seeing the results from my work and I was out playing them, you know, just doing what I could do, you know, finally reaching my potential, but they just weren't giving me a chance over him because of, you know, his name and his prestige and what he brings. So I ended up transferring to go, find a place for me to play shortstop. That was me kind of trying to taste that D1 dream. We all have it in us. You know, I didn't know any better back then. I always thought, you know, D1, 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 it's, it's, it's where you got to be to play minors. So I left to go be a starting shortstop somewhere else. I did all right there, you know, got mine in. I, you know, led the team in homers, this, that, and the other. 
and I, I got my chance to play, but it's just, it's just about, you know, just trusting, trust your decisions. I mean, I, I don't regret anything. If I would have stayed, guess what? That kid that I was talking about, he got hurt second game of the season and they needed a shortstop. So I could have stayed and I, and I know I could have done well there, but the decision I made, I did well there too. So it's all about just making a decision, trusting it and just working as hard as you can to get to that, the same goal that you were trying to get to in the beginning. I love it. So let's talk about uh, Switzerland in this international baseball. You said you're playing in front of 10 to 15 fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of fill the listeners in on, on what is baseball like over in Europe. So international baseball, I mean, there's a great, a great, great man, a few great men and women, but one of them, his name is David Burns. And uh, this is a guy who runs a website now. It's called Baseball Jobs Overseas. <laughs> Excuse me. And that's when I kind of really saw, you know, this route being being possible for me. I signed up for his website, talked to him, and um, it gave me the opportunity to reach out to a bunch of clubs. They had my info, they had, and I had theirs from this website. <clears throat> so nothing was really going on, and I was actually on a tour, a pro tour, going from indie ball site to indie ball site, trying out, working out. And I was hitting great, running good, but my arm was was trash. It, coming off this surgery, I went I went from throwing like high 80s to high 60s, not being able to get it from short to first. So it was I was a liability. Yeah, I wasn't gonna play independent ball, and I realized that. And like I said before, instead of you know just just quitting and putting it off, I had an offer to go play in a in Switzerland. I didn't even know they had baseball in Switzerland. I knew they had it, Italian baseball. Dutch baseball, you know, Asian baseball is fantastic. I didn't really know Switzerland was an, a viable option until they reached out to me. And four days later, I was on a flight. Damn. Um, so, I mean, what's the money like for the, the listeners? Um, what's like the schedule? Is it, are they drinking beers during the game? Um, what, <laughs> do, are the, the guys just have jobs during the day or, or what's going on with uh, Switzerland baseball? Cause I remember here, here's a funny thing. I remember when I first started playing overseas in Copenhagen, we uh, had a scrimmage in Oslo, Norway. And uh, right after the game, everyone was cracking beers. They're all drinking in the locker room, having a good time. We took a ferry back home uh, to Copenhagen and it was like a booze cruise. Everyone just got trashed. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. The, it really, it's just like that. It's, it's very similar, but it really depends where you're at, what league you're in. There's so many different options out there i mean you could play in netherlands that's gonna be great great baseball i mean like double a baseball in the netherlands <clears throat> you could go out to asia and they're playing similar double a to triple a level baseball there where i was at in switzerland was really developmental you know you don't see those numbers 556 in the big leagues for a reason right so it's really a developmental league they just i think they started in around the 1980s actually having organized baseball so you can imagine in the States, we've had it since the 1800s. So they're behind, man. The things I was teaching them that I thought was basic, they have never heard of. So it was really eye-opening to see how much of a difference guys like me can go over there and make. You know, they're, they're teaching kids how to throw improperly in some places. You know, they're teaching them how to swing the way we thought we were supposed to swing 20, 25 years ago. You know, we've developed and we've advanced from those ideologies and from that way of thinking. And they're still teaching that there because they don't know any better. So I was really um, 
I was excited to be able to go over there and, and make a difference, not only with my pro team, but with all the little kids I was able to coach. So living though, you know, a lot of people always ask me this, you know, I mean, what are you getting paid? Do they covered what and what is it? A, is it a viable career path? Um, tell me about that. Well, I was 30 minutes outside of Zurich. I don't know if all y'all, I'm sure, you know, Zurich's one of the most expensive cities in the world. I mean, a Burger King Whopper meals, 18 francs, like 20 us dollars. Unbelievable, man. It's, it was, it was nuts. So, I mean, I had a pretty good, I had a pretty good pay. I was around, you know, 850, 900 francs a month, which was good because it was all beer and travel money. I had my housing paid for, my food paid for, my transportation paid for, both my flights. <clears throat> and that's a thank really to my club for, for being just very generous and loving and taking care of me, man. If it wasn't, you got to really make sure you go to the right place. I think that's all that matters. Go to a place where they're going to value you and you know where they're going to take care of you that's why i really was never into that indie ball stuff because in indie ball you're just you're just a number man you're just a statistic you go over the weekend you could be gone you know you just gave up you just gave up your job you gave up your girl back home you gave up everything and now you're on the other side of the states playing indie ball and then all of a sudden you have a bad weekend and you're gone they cut you when you go overseas it's not like that man they take care of you you're a part of the family you're there to make a, a bigger difference it's not all about baseball you know you're there to, to teach these kids a way of thinking and to learn yourself from a different culture. It was just so much more meaningful to me than, than just, just playing the game. It, it was everything that comes with the game, the love and the friendships and the memories. And it, it was just, man, it, it overseas boss is just unbelievable. And I can't wait to do it again, man. I hope this COVID gets out of here ASAP because it cost me from going back in 2020. And if it cost me from going back in 2021, I might have to get there on a little raft or something for real. Take my, get that Cuban in my blood and just get back to Europe somehow or another. That's a great point, dude. The, the amount of things that come, you know, from your sport um, relating to the overseas stuff, getting the culture, meeting new friends, um, all the new experiences. There's so much. And I, I think, uh, football every day for it. I'm grateful that this sport took me to these different um, locations and, and meeting these different peoples and, and experiences. Can you tell me about kind of um, how that, you know, you made a big jump going from, you know, Florida, going all the way to Switzerland and, and how they kind of took you in and, and what all kind of, you know, how you changed because of it. Oh man, I don't know where to start. I, I'm so grateful for, for the whole club and especially my host family. My host family welcomed me with open arms and um, I couldn't ask for better people. I mean, they, they took care of me from making me breakfast. I'm in the room still sleeping and they're making me breakfast, leaving in the microwave, getting it ready. You know, every, everything was done for me, man. And it, it's just, it's just a blessing that especially baseball guys, a lot of baseball guys listening, it's, they know about the indie lifestyle, like I was saying, and it's just such the opposite. It's just such the opposite, how well that you're taken care of and how much people love you and value you while you're over there. I remember the first night I went out with the guys in, uh, in downtown Zurich and uh, to Old Town Zurich. I didn't pay for anything, man. They just take complete care of you. And no matter what it is, they take complete care of you. I mean, we we're having a, a good time, man. We we're having a blast. I remember we were having almost too much of a blast. I damn near got ran over by one of those trains. 
Yeah. uh... You make a good point too. Cause um, you do get treated like a celebrity over there and you do like, they want to, you know, you're, you're the guest and they want to, you know, their cultures are really about, Hey, bringing you into the family and and showing you around and doing all those things. And you're not just another number like indie ball. Didn't you tell me that, you know, now it's starting to get bigger, this international ball because of the minor leagues getting bought out or not making money or something. Yeah. So a lot of minor league teams got cut from the major league system. Excuse me. And, um, there's just a lot of empty ballparks and not as many minor leaguers. So that leaves a lot of ball players looking for somewhere to go. A lot of quality ball players. And it's unfortunate, but they got to know and hopefully we're able to get that, that message out there that there's opportunity for you. Not only can you go play ball, you're going to be able to go overseas and make a difference in a kid's life. And, and man, you can make a difference in an old man's life. I, I mean, I was, I coached four-year-old and I coached a 66-year-old. You know, and it is what it is, man. You you you're over there, and they're and learning the things you teach them, and and getting better, and just enjoying their time out there more. I mean, like anything, when you get better at something, you're gonna enjoy it just a little bit more. You know, so it it was it was really a blessing to to do that. But to get back on topic, like you were saying, yeah, there's a lot of guys looking for jobs, man. And if you're hearing this, I would I would look up overseas ball definitely because it's a place you want to go to and something you don't want to miss out on. Now, a lot of people, even if they get the opportunity to make the jump like you did into a foreign world and knowing nobody is very tough. How did you um, handle that, that experience of just taking a risk and taking a jump to move all the way to Switzerland? I mean, as, as I know you are, bro, you got to live outside your comfort zone. Like that's, that's, that's the only way, that's the only way you're going to improve. That's the only way you're going to make memories. I feel like if not, you're just going to keep going through your, the same thing every day, every day, every day. And I, I just want to change that mold, man. I want to wake up and I'm be excited to, to just do something different, you know, that, and that's why I was so upset about having to stay here during COVID 2020, but you got to be willing to take that risk. You got to be willing to, you know, go out there and, and find something different, do something different. I've heard the horror stories of guys going overseas and just hating it and missing home and, you know, having to go back and letting a lot of the people who brought them over down, but that's one in a hundred, man, one in a thousand almost. There's so many more guys who go over there and love it and never want to go back. I mean, I've met a lot of guys over there who go from summer ball in Europe to winter ball in Australia back to summer ball in Europe, to New Zealand in the winter, like, and just they're gone from the U.S. for two, three years at a time. And I, I, that's honestly where I'm, where I'm trying to get to. I just want to be playing ball, coaching ball all year round. And the fact that that opportunity is there for us is, 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 is worth the risk, man. It's worth the risk. Imagine just playing ball all day, every day. Like, like what? I'm 25, almost 26, and – everybody's you know around me has a job has that full-time life that nine to five and I'm just I'm just chasing the dream still I love that and it's not work it's not um anything when you love it no I mean it's your passion and and you find ways to make it happen but as you've seen like it's very fulfilling too you're making differences these little kids life you're seeing these different places in the world and I think that's a good message to a lot of people is when they lose that dream 
and they think I, I could get to normal life and start working a job, they kind of lose a part of themselves and they're not as, you know, outgoing. They're not as alive. Don't you feel more alive when you're, when you're living this dream? Oh, you are alive, man. I mean, my days off were spent hiking the Swiss Alps. How is that not alive? Like, <laughs> that's imagine if I would have turned that down. I would have been in the States, you know, I bartend. So I would have been having fun bartending. But, bro, hiking the Swiss Alps, can you imagine? I would have I beat myself up for turning that down, man. You go out there and, and you risk it, and, and most of the times it's worth it. I mean, it was, it was, it was worth it for sure. Hold on, give me one second. Give me one second. I'll cut this part. I, I had a point. The the wine, <laughs> the, the wine and the drinks today. <laughs> they caught up to you, but you're flowing. You're flowing. So long, hold on. I'm trying to, man. Just I got a little tickle in the back of my throat. I don't want to sound like I got COVID on here. <laughs> um, I was gonna say. Uh... So here we go. And I think that's like the misconception too. like growing up in America, you need to make a certain amount of money. You need to, you need to get the mortgage on the house. You need to start getting married early. But I think um, when you move to these different places and experience these different cultures, you realize like, damn, I don't need this huge car. I don't need this. Like, let me do what makes me happy. And you can make it work. Like we talk about in Europe. I mean, you were in a, a rich part, a very, very rich area, but a lot of these, you know, Europeans are making one to two thousand dollars a month and they're fine you know what i mean and i think when you see that as um an american you're like holy shit maybe you know i can still live a freaking great life probably better than i would have with not as much money being made in my opinion i think it's just the culture and the society people over here like sometimes they'll question you know a lot of americans just a lot of people in general will question how people think or why people think certain certain ways and like you, you're not in their shoes. You don't know what they deal with on a daily basis. You don't, you don't know what their culture is. So until you immerse yourself into different cultures and different ways of thinking, I feel like it's opened my mind so much. And I can understand why the American and why most people will chase that nine to five and that comfort, you know, just to, just to have that comfort, you know, they don't want to be outside their comfort zone. And when you go overseas and you see that there's other options and that there's other ways of thinking, that's when you really start to figure out your own life and you get to make your own decisions instead of it just being made for you and you get stuck in that hamster wheel, right? The hamster wheel we always talked about, rich dad, poor dad. I love it. That comfort zone shit is, is 100% true. We always talk about that. And it sounds like your whole life you've been trying to live outside the comfort zone. I mean, the six different schools going to Switzerland – Give our, our listeners some practical tips to, to handle these little mini jumps and, and living outside this comfort zone. Oh, man, I mean, you got to understand not every day is like it looks on Instagram, right? Not every day is going to be amazing. You're going to have those days where where you're going to, you're going to hate it. You're going to miss your family. You're going to miss your brother's birthday, you know, your sister's engagement party, whatever it is that you're just not going to be able to be there for that. But you gotta, you gotta be able to push through the hard times to get to the good times. And I had a lot of days where I was sitting in Switzerland, especially since it was my first time over there. And I was still learning, you know, that I would just sit in my room all day. Cause there wasn't, 
like how it works in ball. I don't know too much about how it works in football, but these guys don't get paid enough to not have jobs. These guys don't get paid enough, especially in Switzerland, to not have, you know, their, their regular lives. They got their kids. They got their wives. They need to support their family. So this is a secondary thing for them. For me, I, you know, this is my, my primary, which is why they pay me more than them and why I'm able, able to go over there and, you know, run the show. But for them, you know, they're coming off of work. They're, they're coming to the field running late off of work. And, you know, you just – you don't have as many – you know, you don't have as many friends as you do, say, playing college ball, where you all go to school together, you know, you go to the field together, you go home together, and then you got all these dudes to go out and do whatever you want with, right? Over there, you got maybe one or two dudes who are off that day, but sometimes you're on your own and you got to go out there. And for a while, it was tough for me. For a while, I didn't really want to go out and explore on my own. So I had to get over that you know, for, for the first couple of weeks and just have no plan. And that's when I really started to live. When I just went out, had no plan, got on a train, got on a, on a subway, got on a bus and just figured out on the right, on the fly where I was going. And that, that's, that's living, man. That, that man, I miss that a lot. Some of my best times ever been on a, a train all by myself in Italy and feeling that freedom. You're just alive, like in a foreign world, people ain't speaking English and you're just going. I love that a lot. That um, that lonely. I mean, how else do you find out like what the hell you're made of, who you are, if you don't have time by yourself, and you know you can't rely on nobody else, and you just got to make shit happen. I think that's where the the extreme growth comes from. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can agree and attest to that. Now I know. You have uh, you want to make more out of your passion and by helping others and, and building kind of some businesses relating to baseball overseas. And I find this cool because I think once you follow your passion, all of a sudden like a bunch of different doors, like you said, start opening up. And you're like, wow, maybe I can do this here over here and, and create this and and things like come um your way. Like the universe gives you different kind of opportunities to keep the dream alive, to keep the passion flowing. It like rewards you. Now tell me about kind of your, your mission or your goals here to um, continue living the life of a baseball player. I mean, my mission is to be happy, right? I think that should be everybody's mission is to make themselves happy first. I know, I know a lot of people live for others and, and it's, it's unfortunate, but until you, until you really learn to make yourself happy, then, then you're not going to do anything right. And, and I feel like that's why the universe is, is giving back to me, giving back to you, is because we follow our passion, like you were saying, and, and we go after it. And if, if one door closes, we open up another, bust through a wall here, bust through a wall there. And uh, I, I, my mission, my passion is to live in Europe. I mean, I'm a, it's a little early. I've, I've only been in Switzerland. A lot of people say it's the best place in the world, right? So it, it was my first experience was a great experience. I did travel around a little bit. I went to Spain, went to Italy a lot. Liechtenstein, a little country out there. I'm sure you heard of it. And um, and uh, it was great. But I, I just want to be somewhere where I can make a difference. And I think that I, I have that in Europe, especially in those developing countries. I want to find somewhere where I can where I can just run a, run a club and really just just change the whole, that whole area and just develop the baseball program into something that they can be proud of, you know, that they can be like, wow, this is, you know, this is, this can, this can go up against the facilities and teams and clubs in the States and how they're run, you know, and the DR and how they're run. 
You made a great point. You got to be happy. You know, that's the main thing is, is your happiness. Cause once you are, and once you're figured out, you can make a shit ton more differences in other people's lives. Where did you learn this from? I have a feeling it comes in that family blood and was grandpa teaching you a lot of wisdom? Oh, I mean, of course my grandfather was, uh, was a fantastic man. Like I said, he played ball in Cuba and when it was his turn to, to hang him up and support his family, he did. One thing I'm scared of is, you know, having a kid changes a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to stay off that wagon for a while. But, um, but yeah, man, he, he just, he taught me a lot. He taught my dad a lot. And my dad, he passed on those, on those ideologies, you know, where they, they really had to take care of the family. You know, it was different. It was different for them as far as the opportunities they had coming, being a, an immigrant and coming over from Cuba with nothing. It, it was a little different. It was a little different for them. And I think that's kind of how I got my, my mental and, and how I got my mindset of, okay, they had to give, they had to give their all for me to have an opportunity, right? They, they had to work all day, every day, two, three jobs, for me to have an opportunity, if I don't chase that opportunity to the absolute fullest, I'm doing them a disservice. I'm doing my dad a disservice, my grandfather a disservice, everyone below me who got me to this opportunity of living in this free country that where I can, this, I'm in a spot where I can do whatever I want. I'm lucky enough and blessed enough to be in that spot. So why would I give that freedom up? Why would I give that up to just be another, to be a normal Joe, you know, why not? do something that makes me happy because at the end of the day when we're happy our parents are happy our family's happy so i'm 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 trying to chase my happiness as as a thank you and as a you know just as a thank you to them man for giving me the opportunity and as out of respect to them you know they they didn't have the chance to do it but i'm gonna take that chance that's some good points but the being happy is the key to making the most change and the most difference. You know what I mean? Everyone thinks, well, I got to live for mom, dad, or, or a neighbor or my community and all that, but you ain't going to do as much as you can unless you're figured out, unless your foundation is set, unless you're, you know, happy and then you can spread that shit. Yep. Yep. Chase your happiness and it'll bring others happiness. And you're trying to bring some, you're trying to bring some happiness now to Switzerland, um, creating you know what camps and, and fitness programs for the kids and, and everyone. What what is the, the the end goal here that you you really want to build? That the end goal is is like I said to to find a place to to really live and spend a good amount of my life and just be the be the guy there, the baseball guru, you know. Not only baseball group, kind of like the whole the whole mindset and health. I'm I'm more than a baseball dude. I got other, I got other things I chase. You know, I'm a nutritionist. I do juice cleanses. I'm like I got 15 groups who've done an organic juice cleanse with me. I've helped them lose over 300 pounds in three days. Like just drinking nothing but juice. You know, actually fueling your body with the proper nutrition. And it just, it'll change your, change your life drastically. So I'm trying to reach out in many different ways to help people. And um, like you said, when you do that and when you, and when you try to help others, it'll come back to you. So hopefully one day I'm able to play coach and kind of be like the director or president of a professional club somewhere that has a lot of kids clubs and, and just make a difference that way. And you said you're not just a baseball player and I think baseball is so 
like a metaphor or whatever the word is for life. You know what I mean? Like all the shit, all the perseverance, the adversity, the, you know, working with the team, building the skill set. Um, it, it, it's such a, like, it represents life so much. And there's so much you can take from baseball and, and bring to the real world and bring to others to, you know, get, get them through this life that is a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a game where you fail more than in baseball, man. I mean, especially at the highest level, you can be, you can be the best in the world and you're failing 70% of the time. It, it's really crazy to wrap your mind, your, your mind around it. And I think that's why you get a lot of that stigma where the baseball players, especially in college where you get those, all oh, the baseball players are the douchebags. Those guys suck. You know, the girls say you don't want to hang around those guys. It's because those are some confident SOBs because they have to be, you know, you, you, you gotta, they're failing seven times and they're still confident, you know? So it just, it, it rolls into your life. It rolls into everything you do, whether, you know, you got a baseball guy who's going into business now. Okay. He, he loses one interview, another interview, another interview. That dude's just going to keep on rolling and keep on rolling. And, and it, it's, it's taught me so much on how to attack life. And that's another reason why I really want to spread this game that's like no other to kids all around the world. You make a good point. How, how can someone be so damn confident when they're failing seven out of 10 times? It's that, that, it's stoic, that stoic mindset baseball players just embody. You know what I mean? What, how do you get that stoic mindset of a baseball player and use it into your um, everyday life? I mean, you just, you got to fail. You got to fail over and over and over and over and, and try to learn your lesson each time, but just, just be accustomed to failure and be okay with failure. If I wasn't, I don't think if I was a baseball player, it'd be as easy for me to go overseas and just drop everything, you know, cause I'm so used to failing and so used to not having it in my way that, okay, if I go over there and it doesn't work, I, I try something else. You know, I'm not afraid to try it. You know, I've been in, in enough slumps in my life where I can't buy a hit and I'll go up to bat, switch hands. It's like, not actually, but you know what I mean, dude? I'll try anything to get a hit. I'll listen to anybody, bro. If a five-year-old kid comes up and says, why are you doing that? You're supposed to have your shoulder higher. I'll listen, bro. I'll try it because that's the game of baseball, man. You just got to be open-minded and you got to be willing to just put in the work and, and be ready to fail over and over and over again. Yeah, I think baseball is a, a shortcut for a lot of people to, to, to hit rock bottom or to feel those intense lows and, and how do you bounce back and, and keep your confidence. You know what I mean? Because I played baseball and I was actually pretty damn good. But unlike uh, football where I could make up for a play the next second, I had to wait five innings to, to, to go hit again. And I couldn't do, I, I hated that. Like I'm, I, I cannot handle that shit. I had to sit in outfield and just think about that last at bat for, you know, three innings, just wanting to get back up there. And uh, I, I really do appreciate the lessons though baseball can teach you. Yeah. They give it. it it's, it's like no other man. Like you said, it's like, it's like no other sport. Like it teaches you to just stay mentally tough and gritty you got to be tough you got to be gritty you got to just just have have it in you and if you don't have it in you it it'll build it it'll build it it'll build that mental toughness let's get into some uh, little travel stuff the rewards of your your hard labor living in switzerland you said you were visiting uh, italia spain um kind of tell me some of these really good experiences that came from jumping out of your comfort zone 
Oh, man. I'll probably tell you the best. I wore this hat. Well, first off, I got this shirt from my club, who I haven't shown any love to yet, Embrock Mustangs. I had to – Embrock Mustangs, thank you all for all you did. I mean, Embrock is a little village of 9,500 people, about 30 minutes to the north, northeast of Zurich. And, um, I mean, small town. I'm coming from Miami. I'm coming from South Florida, right, you know, busy bus in town. And I went to this village of 9,500 people. And I was fine, man. I loved it. If I was able to go from one end of the spectrum to the other, I'm sure a lot of other dudes are able to do that. But a lot of um, – here we go. This is where I was going with it. <laughs> one of the coolest things I got out of it is um, there's a – you're going to love this too. There's a music festival slash baseball tournament that they hold in Austria every year. It's called Finkstenball. It comes from like some Austrian holiday. I don't remember. They tried to explain it to me, but I was way too drunk. And uh, they just, they turned it into this crazy, you play baseball all day and there's just a music festival all night. So you buy a ticket and you get the ticket to the baseball game. You get the ticket to the music festival. They got, you know, food vendors all over the place, selling shirts, selling beads, whatever. And there's just some Austrian polk rock bands going they got, they got the music just switching up, and you're just you're playing ball, having a blast on the field, and as soon as the games are done, everybody's just having a blast, drinking, having a good time. A lot of dudes are camping out. Um, there's a team called the Ex-Presidents, which was just made of a bunch of U.S. guys who are over playing ball overseas. I wasn't on that team. I was on the Sissac Frogs, which is a team from Switzerland that was uh, lucky enough to carry me and some of my teammates from Embrock. And I remember they had an 8 a.m. game the next day, the ex-presidents. And I was out drinking with them all night. I didn't play till 1. We're getting hammered. And uh, it was like 4.35 when I went back to the hotel. And they just went straight to the dugout. In their full unis, changed up and fell asleep in the dugout. Woke up about five minutes to game time and just <laughs> got after it, dude, and just played. It was their only loss of the tournament, but they were out there playing. I mean, it was it was great. So just stories like that, man. That they they don't even remember some of those some of those innings, some of those at bats because they're just blackout drunk, but they're having a blast. So you can find things like that in Europe where it's just like in America you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't you wouldn't have that in indie ball. You wouldn't have that in the minor leagues where you could just play so stress free and just be out there just having fun, just. Just living like you're a child again, bro. Just out there having a blast on and off the field, and um, and that that story alone, that memory alone, probably made it worth it. The whole trip, you know, those whole six months. I mean, I have I have plenty others, but I really had to share that because that was that was a lot of fun. That's the whole freaking metaphor for the the comfort zone. Once you get the hell out of there, the craziest shit can happen. Know what I mean? Like you said, I, you were feeling like a kid. You're playing baseball all day, and you have a, a music festival going on. I mean, that's paradise, isn't it? Now, you're not making millions of dollars, but that's an experience that it, it just like fulfills you. Know what I mean? And that's what happens when you just jump out of that comfort zone. You don't find that anywhere in America. You're totally thrown out into the brand new world uh you know you have music going in the background weird different foods beer different people i mean that is the whole thing with the the out of the comfort zone you know metaphor you you, you do the craziest shit bro uh, you just reminded me speaking of crazy shit my first hike ever i went my first hike on the swiss alps ever i went with my host brother dave my man our ace 
Um, he took me to the Alpstein, which is why they bought me this shirt. And we did a hike and um, the weather was, was spotty, but we checked it and they were like, you know, you're good. So we're up there hiking, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm dying, bro. This is not no normal, normal jog. This ain't no, no sprints to field, bro. This, these hikes are intense. And uh, we get up to the top and we're, we're on the peak, kind of walking on the peak and the weather starts getting pretty bad. So we start to book it a little bit and all of a sudden, a little ways behind me, I hear loud, like, like, a, like thunder, but it wasn't thunder, like it was just a loud boom. And I look back and there's an avalanche starting about bro, like, like right through our path where we just walked 10, 15 minutes ago, just a huge avalanche just takes it all out. And I'm just standing there like, bro, freaking out. I got a video of it. it's crazy. If we were 10, 15 minutes behind our pace, we're, we're goners, dude, dead. Like, like, that's something I would never experience anywhere else, man. Just like a Miami kid seeing an avalanche out maybe four days after I got there, seeing my first and only avalanche. It was, it was incredible. It's living. You know what I mean? You, you feel alive. And I think that's because you followed your passion. You worked hard. You didn't quit. And then like the universe, they reward you with that kind of stuff. Just, things that you never imagined would happen. Know what I mean, little things like that, not little things, that was a big thing, but you know, <laughs> experiences like that, I, I've had quite a few of those too. It's just like, oh my God, I must be on the right path or I must be getting rewarded because this is insane. Know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely insane, dude. It was crazy. I mean, even, even my Swiss brother was freaking out. I mean, even he hadn't seen nothing like that, man. And I was just blessed enough to be Luckily, 10 minutes past that, but in the right spot at the right time to enjoy a crazy, amazing moment. Something I would never would experience in indie ball anywhere. You got a problem with that. We got to throw that out there. I'm a big, I, I'm not a big indie ball fan. <laughs> I have so many of my friends who just, they go out there and they grind and they grind and they bounce around, bounce around for nothing, bro. Nobody's looking out for them. Nobody's taking care of them nobody's giving them the experiences like I'm getting overseas and no matter how much I talk to them, they just got that. They just don't know any better. They're too afraid to take that, that jump. You know, they're just so, so comfortable in the States and so comfortable doing that, that they, they don't even, they know it's better for them and they're still afraid to go do it. Fortune favors the bold. Yes. I like that. The future. Obviously, you're trying to get back to Europe, but tell me more about this future plan. I know you have a girlfriend, right? That plays ball too. Like you're, you're <laughs> yeah. You somehow made it out where you're trying to do so, a, a double deal or something. Funny you said you're. It's funny you were talking about Copenhagen. So, I'm I'm just a dude, right? On this, on like my advisor, I was telling you about David Burns and his whole baseball jobs overseas. He's got like 400 baseball guys, right? And there's about four, let's say 300 clubs looking for. For Americans so you do the math this is just one advisor you know a lot of guys you know sometimes they don't get picked up some of these guys only played in high school some of these guys play in like men's leagues you know and then there's the guys who played in the minors obviously the more talented you are the more value you could bring the better your chances are well my girl there's still 300 softball teams looking for Americans but there's only 20 softball players so she's like gold man She's she's getting emailed left and right. She's got like 10 teams in her DMs right now while I'm just chilling, 
talking to my boys from last year, you know, hey, man, what's up? You know, you know anybody who's got a spot open? And she got she got reached out to by a team in Copenhagen. It, it's some, <clears throat> some like, nearby city, not actually Copenhagen, and uh, a team in Malmo, which is right across right across the, the bay. Sweden. So, Sweden. It's cool that you were talking about that because we were looking it up and, and trying to see, you know, what, what should be the right move for her and for me because the whole plan is to travel like a couple, man. Go to a club that has a baseball and a softball team. And like I said, traveling alone is fun, but I got the chance to travel with my girl for one week. She came to visit me in Switzerland, and that was some of the most fun I ever had in my life, being able to share that experience with somebody. So I, I'm, I'm – hoping man praying that i get the opportunity to travel with her again soon yeah i love that no it is true when you can share an experience um i love the the solo life though too where you're just you're you're free as a bird 100 but i think something's gonna come down your pipe you know what i mean it, it's you seem like the type of dude that just doesn't take no for an answer yeah yeah i, I would agree to that my elbow would agree too i mean i noticed is is one thing you're a quarterback right yeah, so you're valuable. I mean, you're probably the most valuable position in football, in my opinion. I, I for sure think so. And overseas, the most valuable thing is an American who can pitch and hit. Um, bro, I'll tell you right now, I suck at pitching. I sucked before my shoulder surgery. Before my shoulder surgery, I sucked. Now I'm even worse. But I'm going to bust my ass, and I'm going to try to be the best pitcher I can so I have more opportunities to go over play overseas. That's one of the reasons my club – it's not that they didn't want to bring me back, but they were like, hey, we need to bring a pitcher. The reason we didn't do better is because we didn't have a pitcher, an American pitcher. I had my brother, my host brother, who was our ace, pitching both halves of the doubleheader. This isn't like this isn't like high-level baseball, dog. He's pitching 14 – it was two seven-inning games, kind of like they did in the majors this year. <laughs> but he's pitching 14 innings, 200-plus pitches in one day, and then not picking his arm up for the next three or four. You know what I'm saying? But it, that's where we were at. We didn't really have that, that, you know, that depth in the pitching staff to keep us in the game. He was one of the best, if not the best pitchers in the league. And I wasn't afraid to ride him out. I'm old school as far as that goes. I mean, I see these Japanese guys pitching 150 pitches, and they're just fine. So I'm not, I'm not with all this pitch count nonsense. So if he's, if he's feeling good, I'm feeling good, you know. So, yeah. That, sounds, that like, was a, sounds like Satchel Paige. about about being out there. I was, I was a player coach. I was a manager. So I got to make that decision and that was pretty cool. And he liked it too. He led the lead. He led the league in innings, obviously. Yeah. It's like the, the old school baseball players like Satchel Paige and back in the early 1900s, it sounds like that's the kind of thing you're experiencing right now, huh? I told you they were behind in times, <laughs> man. I wish um, the revolution, Mexico revolution uh, wasn't tomorrow. So I would have more of a sharper brain because I've been on the beach all day <laughs> drinking and into the sun because I love your energy. You got good ass energy. Thanks, dog. I appreciate it. I was kind of, I was excited for this, man. It's been a little while since I got to sit down and talk about my experience. I mean, I try to share it as much as I can, but not many people are willing to listen. Like I said, they got the same they got the same thing. They got their eyes set on the same thing everybody else says.
lot with people is like there's just blocks in the vision or they don't understand the opportunity and, and maybe someone hears this and they're like fuck it let's try it you know what i mean 100 percent, dude just i'm i'm gonna go after it it's and that's in everything i mean i was telling my brother the other day he was applying for a job and he was like yeah but i got no experience and i was like what do you need experience for what do you need experience for you're gonna experience it when you get there I, I got my first bartending job having three years of bartending experience. You know what I mean? And and they're just like, they're expecting me to be the dude. I'm just going to figure it out on the fly, you know? Like, just go out there and figure it out. Put yourself, you got to throw yourself in the fire sometimes to see, like you said earlier, see what you're made of. Go test it out, man. Too many guys are, are just too complacent and too worried about failure and too worried about, you know, not being able to get it done. When at the end of the day, if I can't get it done, you know, I'll move on to the next spot. Try to get it done there. I think this really has to um, tie back into the Cuban blood. I've heard a lot of stories of, of Cubans that came over from uh, the island after the Castro thing that just made shit happen. They built their businesses. They they survived. They, I mean, it, it, it seems like this, this Cuban... Um, and then, like you said, too, in baseball, they, they wear the big chains and they're, 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 they're moxie. They just live life. You guys just live life. It's like, hey, I'm going to do me and I'm going to get it done, right? Yeah. I mean, it is. you just can't accept – you just can't accept not getting to where you want to be, you know? I, like I said, everybody has the different motivators. For a lot of Cubans, it was they had to, you know, be there for their family. They didn't want to, you know, not support their family. So they were going to – they had to work at Taco Bell overnight. And then they had to wake up working at McDonald's, they, whatever, they, build a business out of nothing. Like you said, whatever it is they had to do, they were going to do it. And then we're going to think twice about it. They were going to put in the work. And yeah, maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why I am the way I am. I mean, like I said, I just got to thank my pops and my mom and just everybody who's, who's taught me to just keep on pushing. Any books that have taught you some good lessons that you recommend to our listeners? Oh man. I think my favorite book, is Mind Gym. I, I couldn't even tell you who the author is right now off the top of my head. But I remember when I was in high school, when I was going through a lot, I mean, like I said, I wasn't playing much. I was hurt a lot. I would have great summers when nobody was watching. And then the spring in the real season, when the stats counted, I would get hurt. I would try to play through injuries. My senior year, my senior, bro, my senior year fall, I gave up everything. I didn't play no more basketball. I used to play tackle football every Saturday. I mean, I used to just do anything I could athletic wise. I gave up everything because I didn't want to get hurt my senior year because I got hurt my junior year and I wasn't trying to do that again. I stopped. I didn't play basketball for like eight months. I love hooping. I love just being athletic. I didn't do anything but baseball and working out. Four days before the season, I was bench pressing, dumbbell incline bench, and just 85 pounds just fell right on my ring finger. Shattered it. Shattered it. My finger somehow I tried to play through it. I was just, I was a four hole hitter. So I just stood up there looking scary as hell. Couldn't swing the bat. They'd walk me half the time. I had seven walks, no BS. And, um, finally the coach looked at my finger and this, this thing was black, bro. Like black, black. And, uh, he sent me to the doctor and the doctor was like, man, you probably had two or three more days before we couldn't get this blood flow back. Right. To save your finger. And I, I'm bro. That's how bad I was trying to just, just play dog. Just, because if you're not on the field, bro, you, you have no chance. And that's kind of why I've gotten to where I am now as a strength coach. Well, I don't know if I've mentioned that, but I, I got my certifications from International Sports Association. 
so I can do this overseas as well. And um, I've just been working at a facility down in South Florida called All-Star Performance Center, All-Star Hitting. And I, I'm just trying to keep kids safe, just trying to teach them how to, you know, warm up properly, cool down properly, how like how to do things correct. Because so many kids come over here and they just they just trainers are just running them around in circles, throwing them on a ladder like, oh, my shoulder hurts. All right, go run after you throw. Go run the lactic acid out. It's like, dude, no, like <laughs> you got to take care of your joints. Like you got to take care of your surrounding muscles. You got to build your decelerator muscles. You got to. You got to do things to, to decrease your chance of injury. I mean, you're not supposed to throw the ball overhead. You know this is a quarterback. That's not natural. Putting your body in that motion over and over is not natural. You're going to get injured. So you might as well know how to protect yourself. And when you do get injured, how to get back on the field as soon as possible. And that's kind of like where I really focus my energy coming off that injury. Because I, once I got that injury, I like – I, I didn't control my destiny too much at that point. I couldn't go play when I wanted to go play. So it took me a couple of months to get over it, you know, go through the woe is me. But then once I did and I got back on the train, I was able to play again 11 months later from learning all this stuff that I had to learn through my rehab process. I remember I get in mind gym when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, I was going through a slump in baseball. It's a good ass book. Bro, I read it like, 25 times i took it with me to switzerland i would read it on the trolleys i read it on the trains like just little just random chapters just pull up to it, open it up go to a random chapter and read it just to get my mind right man how about a quote what quote encompasses your life or that motivates you the most oh man i don't have a i can't think of a quote off the top of my head i have a few but my mantra kind of like what i live by and what i stand for is faith love grind that's kind of my thing. You got to have faith in yourself, have faith in your God, have faith in whatever you believe in, right? And then you got to you got to do it with love. You got to do it with spread great energy, just just do it with love. Don't do it with hate. Don't come out, you know, trying to, oh, I hate this pitcher. You know what I mean? Come out here just I, I love to hit homers. You know, it's different than I want to make this dude look bad and I want to make myself look good. Like you just got to come out there with the right energy with the love and then you got to grind for it every day. Every day, every every decision you make, just just grind for it, just get after it. And if you follow those three things, I think I think I think good things will happen. It used to be my Instagram name, it's still my YouTube name. I started, bro, when I was in when I was in junior college, I tried doing like motivational videos and stuff, and my team just bashed me, bro. My team just bashed me, bro. Oh, it was so bad. My first motivational video was called Don't Get Caught Up. And it's 3.30 in the morning. We're driving from St. Louis to, like, New Orleans. And dude dude walks up. Everybody's sleeping. He walks up to the bus the bus speaker, plugs in his ox, and just starts playing this video at full blast, dog. And the coach is pissed. He hates it because he's heard it over and over in BP. <coughs> and, uh, man, they just – yeah, man. They, they Any chance they got to give me shit about it, they, they would. To this day, I get comments on my Instagram. Don't get caught up, bro. I'll post a video of me drinking a beer. Don't get caught up. Come on, man. Stay on it. Don't get caught up. That was my first and only motivational video I made. <laughs> You're motivating me, though. So maybe if you just, you know, got over the hump of getting made fun of with those YouTube videos, you'd be, you know, millions of subscribers. You'd be the man. Oh, in your man. Oh, man. That was like six years ago. Don't tell me that. Maybe I missed out on something. <laughs> I love it. Hey, 
great freaking energy again thank you for um um taking control of this podcast because i'm a little slumping but i like you a lot <laughs> i like you a lot man um you know it, we, we have a community here our mission is to connect the doers what um are you able to offer to people that might be uh, listening, whether it be, you know, information on international baseball, motivation, fitness? Um... Yeah, I mean, if you're a baseball or softball player, definitely feel free to reach out to me. I can put you in touch with the right people, hopefully. I mean, I don't know. I don't know everybody in this world, but I'm trying to build a network, especially of baseball and softball people, just so I can help others. I mean, <clears throat> I, I had nothing to do with it, but the first – Swiss softball player ever signed a scholarship to America. So this was never a Swiss girl who played on the Swiss national team to get a scholarship to America. And this just happened recently. I reached out to a few teams for her. It wasn't them, but she, she went out there and she's risking, you know, her, her life now to come the opposite of what I did from Switzerland to America to play college ball. And it's just, I feel like that one step is going to motivate the next person, the next person, the next person. So don't be afraid to reach out to me if you play ball, um, whether you want to go to college, whether you want to go, you know, overseas, whatever it is, I'm, I'm here to help out any way I can, you know. Um, Fitness-wise, just just grind, baby. Just grind. Yeah, I mean, you don't need me. You just need yourself to make those right decisions and just be consistent. Consistent action every day. I mean, I could help any way I can, you know, if you're on any type of mission, I'm here to help any way I can, but just, it's, it's all in your mind. It's all, it's all decisions you make daily. No, I think people that are going through shit should come to you too. Cause I think you can get them back on, on the right path. Say that again, bro. I think people that are going through shit, whether it be in life or anything, um, should come to you too. Cause you can get them back on the right path. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm willing to help, man. I, I'm willing to help. I've been there. I've been in the dark dumps. I mean, we all have. It's always good to. That's it's, that's one thing I learned early. Like I used to, I used to like make fun of, not make fun of, but like not like lower myself to not make others feel bad. And I learned at a young age that you actually got to raise yourself around others as much as you can, so they can see that it's possible for them. Me and some of my best friends, we've been doing this thing um, where we, we've done it on and off a few times where at the strike of an hour, we'll do 10 push-ups no matter where we're at, right? So it'll be 10 in the morning at the doctor's office waiting for your appointment. You bust out 10 push-ups. Then people are looking at you like, yo, you're weird, right? But in my strike of conversation, what are you doing? Well, I'm just doing 10 push-ups every hour so I can create some sort of consistent action, a consistent habit in my life that's going to improve my life you know physically i'm gonna get stronger i'm gonna be healthier and that'll just hopefully have a rolling effect my buddy did it in the walmart the other day somebody came up to him and started talking to him right he gave him my card maybe i start training him like things like that man just just don't be afraid to be yourself and to push yourself and to try to better yourself no matter where you are don't don't hold yourself back because you think somebody else is gonna think weird of you or think, you know, or make fun of you like like they were back then, my boys were. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, shit, you gave up too early on that motivational thing. I, I love all this stuff you're preaching. Maybe after this, you you fire the YouTube channel back up. <laughs> the YouTube channel is, oh, there's a good one. The YouTube channel has been full of baseball drills and 
just kind of following my my path to Europe and hopefully back to Europe. So if you anybody wants to follow that, Faith Love Grind, that's a that's a good one. I'm trying to just help out the kids, trying to go back to Europe with as much as much of a library as possible. So not only I can teach them in person, but send them videos that'll explain and show them the proper movements and proper techniques that they need to be a healthy, successful ball player. I love that. No, we'll promote, we'll promote that for sure. And I think you should keep doing that because I think it's an interesting perspective, international baseball player, especially with your kind of energy. I definitely think you should put some work into that YouTube channel because you got, you got a vibe about you, an energy vibe that is really good. And I think the listeners will want to connect with you. Thanks, Brody. I appreciate it, man. Uh, like I said, <clears throat> my vibe ain't on your level, but it's a vibe nonetheless. Hi, man. I had a great freaking time. Like I said, thanks for getting me motivated and, and uh, out of relaxation mode and, and whatnot. Um, where can the people find you on the, the Instagram? And uh, obviously you said the YouTube channel. Just shoot them some contact information quick. Yeah, my uh, Instagram name right now is just underscore my first and last name. So underscore E-L-I-A-S-M-A-C-I-S, Elias Macias. That's me. That's where you'll find me. I'm on Facebook. I mean, like I said, my YouTube Faith Love Grind. Um, I've been off Twitter for a few years now, but uh, I'm I'm here to help whoever, whenever. Just just reach out and let's network. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. If if you want to play ball the rest of your life, or you want to make a difference, even just for one season and have an experience, look up my name or look up baseball jobs overseas and, and just give it a, give it a try. I mean, my girl's going over, so she's supposed to go, well, she's probably going to watch this. She's supposed to go for one season only, right, and then come back for her master's program. We'll see how that goes. I think she's going she's gonna to catch the bug and, and want to keep it rolling over there. So many people catch the bug. It's crazy. Man, it's, it's crazy. I met, I met one guy who said he was going to go over for one season. He's been there three years straight. Another dude, his name was Taylor. He married a Swiss girl. He lives there. He's, like, running the club now. Like he, the guy, David Burns, he went over there, the guy who runs the whole, the whole program. Uh, I don't want to butcher the story, but I know he went over there as a player, met a girl. Now, 18 years later, he's got an Austrian daughter, Austrian son, runs this program. Like just from one summer that he was like, oh, I'll, I'll go try to play baseball overseas. Changed his whole life, man. Changed his whole life. It is crazy. I love it. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I look forward to um, building a relationship with you and doing more things. And um, great story. Good, good energy. Yeah, bro. Likewise, I want to hear about this uh, Italian football. Maybe next time I'm in town, I could uh, check you out. <clears throat> you come to Bologna whenever you're ready. I'll show you La Dolce Vita. Or come to Mexico right now. Get out of coronavirus and, and come party with me in Playa del Carmen. Hey, maybe when the cruise is open back up, I'll be that way. Hi, man. I appreciate you on. Hi, buddy.